Well, good evening. Welcome to Terra Bible Church and our second Wednesday of the month. Um, so if you're here for our third Wednesday, um, congratulations, you're early. Uh, we're studying tonight for what we're going to look tonight at what's ahead for Sunday evenings. So this is our pre-study. Sunday morning will be John chapter 5, verses 31 to 47. So we'll finish off John chapter 5 in the morning. In the evening, we're going to do another of our selected psalms, and that's Psalm 23. We've already done Psalm 22. Remember, we said that's the psalm of the cross. And then we did Psalm 24, which we said is the psalm of the crown. Who is this king of glory? Well, Psalm 23, and so all three of these pointing to Christ, is the psalm of the cross, the crook. The psalm of the shepherd's crook, the shepherd's psalm. So the, the savior, uh, the shepherd, and the sovereign. Okay, Psalm 23 is one of those passages that everybody is somewhat familiar with. They know the concept of the psalm, of the, or the concept at least, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, we'll do it tonight in the King James, New King James. It almost seems sacrilegious to me to, to have this one without the vows and that sort of thing, but we'll do it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie, it should be he maketh me, right? To lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, it's important we, we, we don't uh, miss over that first statement, a psalm of David. Uh, that's, that's part of the scripture. Um, in, in Hebrew, it's the part of the first verse. Uh, in the software I use, it's verse 0. And so uh, 23 verse 0 is the Psalm of David. So that tells us it's a psalm. It's meant to be sung. It's musical. And it's by David. And the, sh the whole shepherd theme seems to fit with the fact that, you know, David was a shepherd. And so he, you know, as he was out taking care of the sheep... Um, he must have meditated on how that was such a picture of his relationship with the Lord, that sheep trust him, he trusts the shepherd. So this comes out of a, a shepherd's heart and a heart of one who loves the Lord. Well, it begins with that important statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What do you think that means, I shall not want? It won't lack anything. So that's the lack of sufficiency. I heard of a, you know, in the olden days, the churches put their sermon titles in the newspaper. And the newspaper person, whoever handled that, called up the pastor and said, uh, you know, what's, the, what's your sermon about this? Uh, what's the sermon title this uh, week? And he said, uh, well, I'm preaching on Psalm 23. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. That's sufficient. And so the title that was printed in the newspaper was, The Lord is My Shepherd, That's Sufficient. <laughs> but that about captured the idea anyway. 
I shall not want. So the role of a shepherd is um, still going on today. You know, where here we see uh, the shepherd caring for his sheep. Of course, they can't today often do it without the sheep dog helping them. Is she there? Okay. You got her? Do I have to help? See her? Okay, there she is. She's watching. What do you think when you see that picture? Pardon me? Amazing. Macy. Oh, yeah, I think of Macy, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, pardon me? Hair? Care. Care. I think cold and lonely. I mean, you look at those rocks. It's not an easy job. Here's another shepherd. What do you think they do with their sheep? Wool, right? <laughs> no room for Macy in this one. I think that's a merino. I'm not sure. Well, so we see sometimes, the, you know, the sheep walk. Sometimes they carry them. Sometimes now modern shepherds get a little more creative. You know, when we, we think of sheep, often it's interesting. I was recent, reading an article recently of someone saying, you know, this whole idea of calling the pastor a shepherd, that's so antiquated. Really, pastors now should be, you know, in the model of a CEO. But the word pastor is the Greek word for shepherd, and it's a perfect picture. So, but the, the, the modern, here's a, you know, sheep, uh, here's a shepherd with some modern sheep. And, you know, honestly, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge sometimes. So this is one of those videos we've got here. That takes some of the romance out of shepherding, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, goodness. Somehow, I think that's a picture of a lot of our relationship to the Lord, you know, trying to fight him off. So. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Um, does everybody, he makes me lie down. If you're looking at your Bible, do, do you have green pastures? Is that what's, something like that? It's kind of funny. When I was reading through in the Hebrew, it struck me as that's a little bit odd for a translation, honestly. I'll show you. The word for green is really gr- grass. Uh, it's, you can see it's not used many times. Let's see, 10, 15 times in the Old Testament. Um, nine of the 15 times, it's translated grass. Four of the 15 times, it's translated herb, once grain, and, and only here, green. So I guess, the, but no, it's, he, he uh, what's the significance if he makes me down, lie down in grass pastures? What's that? Okay, a lot are in the desert, so 
it's a that's a pasture where there's some food. You know, he, so we often think of this scene, and but you know, uh, he he brings me to a place of green grass, and he he leads me. We're told beside still waters. Sheep apparently are very um, fearful, and if the water's rushing very much, they don't want to be near it. Here's a here's a more another picture of sheep just grazing closer, you know, more of a Middle Eastern kind of setting. You see the little stream of water. You see the sheep eating their grass. You see anything else? Pardon me? You, know, you see Macy back there? Kind of good sheep dog just watching. Just watching. Yeah, they're, they're seeing back there, right? Okay, they're out there. I see some pointing and nodding back there. Uh, so, so the shepherd brings me to a place of, re- you know, the Lord meets, takes a place of green grass. What's, how's that significant for us? What, what do you think that suggests to us? Yeah, he, he provides for us. The Lord's our shepherd. It's the shepherd's job. Sheep are notoriously uh, directionally challenged. Uh, they get easily lost, um, and so the shepherd has to guide them, and, and they have no way of figuring out where to go to eat. And it's entirely the shepherd's job. And so uh, that's a good reminder to us, though. The Lord, if, we're his, if he's our shepherd, it's his job to take care of us. Now, of course, that doesn't mean you know, we still have to uh, do our work as, as guided, but we can look to the Lord to, to direct us and provide for us. He meets our needs. Any other thoughts on that? Yes. Uh, it reminds me of Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 that we're learning in um, our lady's study for this week coming up. That, um, you know, he's calling us to come, come to him and he will give us rest. Yeah. And, and so you see these sheep come to us, he'll give us rest from Matthew 11. Do these, that's the whole point. These sheep look... At peace, otherwise they wouldn't rest. Nancy? Uh, my roommate in college, her dad was raised on a sheep farm. And he, he was sharing about how stupid they are. He said, you could have a rock in like three acres of land, and if one sheep would jump over that rock, they'd have all that room around them. But all of them would follow behind them and jump over that one rock. Sheep will... We'll do any, they'll follow the crowd. They're not bright. They're not, they're not, um, I, I was talking with one shepherd that really frustrated him when the wild dogs came. They would do not, they would not, not only not protect themselves, they wouldn't run. And, and it just, it's, so yeah, they're, they're pretty weak, pretty uh, in need of someone to care for them. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. What does that suggest to you? Okay. He, he, he raises us. Restore suggests bringing back to, yes. It, it can have the idea of a healing, can't it? it can, so actually this word can mean 
both of those ideas, it's a word that can be used of repentance. The Lord is the one who turns us. But also it can have the, the idea of God who restores us in times of, um, well, we've been through a difficult time. God picks us back up. It struck me that this is a, a picture of that. We talked about sheep and their not brightness, their, but they are utterly dependent on the shepherd. So notice this sheep here. Ah, uh, it's on its back. Let's uh, help here. If they get on their back, they can die. Um, um, like, if it's a warm day, that heat, that heat would uh, cause the digestive juices to expand and such, and gases, um, and they can die within hours like that, depending on the weather. But literally, if they get on some sheep, uh, like you notice he has a lot of um, wool, and that, that could be a factor. Matter of fact, the wool can be an issue because if it's warm, they perspire a little bit, and, and that can, so you want to itch. Well, what do you do? You get on your back and you roll, and, but then they can't get up. And so, I mean, a good shepherd is always watching for the, for the sheep that is lying on its back. I mean, that's how dependent. And so here we see the Lord restoring my soul, how the Lord um, sees us in our need and picks us up. Now, he could sit there and give a lecture to the sheep and say, what are you doing on your back? I've told you not to do this. But he just, uh, he saw the need and he restored. And uh, What else did you notice about the sheep? I was, yeah, not a word of gratitude. You know, a little nudge, a little, little lick your hand or something, nothing. And again, that's a picture too often of us. You know, God restores us and we just go running our merry way. And I, just the way that sheep's running off, it's going to happen again. I just, you know, you just, don't you just see, this is, you know, he hasn't learned his lesson. And so, um, but the Lord restores my soul. What's the next, how's the rest of, what goes next in that verse? He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so here's the shepherd again. This is the, uh, an older picture from the 1800s, but um, you just see uh, rocks. It's not, this is not the lush Scottish highlands. This is a, a difficult place. And so the shepherd, he has to know where the water is. He has to know where, the, where they can get some grass. And I've told you before, when I was traveling along and come around and see these sheep there and you think how in the world are they finding anything to eat it's just it's crazy but they do they get some help from the sheepdog and he anyone see where that is where is where is he where is she i should say see her yeah follow see where is she there you go carefully watching i should probably zoom in to help you Appreciate that more. You see her? Has a little t-shirt on, and if you look real closely, she's wearing a hat, too. 
It's hot out there in the sun. You know, you need a little. <laughs> okay. So the Lord leads me in paths of righteousness. Now, what do you think that means? Paths of righteousness. I, pardon me? Walking in the Lord's ways and toward the Lord. So the Lord, if the Lord's guiding us, it's in righteousness. The Lord does not lead us in paths of sin and selfishness, does he? And so that's one of the first clues is, well, you know, God guided me to do this. Is it righteous? No. God didn't guide you to do that. Um, what, and, so, and often that's, that's, you know, that's what Barbara often, you know, would often say with the kids. You know, usually there is a right thing to do. What's the right thing to do? And so he leads me. And when God guides, he guides me in paths of righteousness. How else does the verse continue? For his name's sake. Good. For his name's sake. Now, what does that tell us? There's a watching world out there. Pardon me? There's a watching world. There's a watching world. When, when his sheep are, you know, in the agricultural world, you know, so I've heard people where they'll see livestock and all that, and they'll, they'll look at some really struggling cattle or something and say, or horses and say, oh, you know, that, that owner's not doing his job. Or they'll look at some others and say, wow, they look, boy, don't they look well cared for. Um, as we walk in righteousness, it brings glory to his name. But the one way or another, our behavior is credited to his name. And so, but I think, but, but also ultimately, no, he, he walks me in paths of righteousness. He guides me. He, he, he equips me. He provides for me for his glory, for his glory. And, and my great joy then should be for his glory. Too often we're thinking, wait a minute, how is this supposed to be fun for me? And that's not in here. Um, but, but our great joy is when his glory is seen in us. Because that's really remarkable. If, some, if someone can see God's glory in, in my life, that's, that's a miracle. That's grace. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Is that yea in this New King James? Okay. I wasn't sure if I kept you by habit. Uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So here's kind of a picture of the valley of the shadow of death. Um, Again, uh, sheep were kind of fearful. And so if you walk through this dark uh, valley full of shadows and all that, that could be a, a fearful thing. Um, here's maybe a, another picture of a shadow, a, a valley of the shadow of death. Let's get this again. But this, uh, sometime between 1898 and 1946 is the, the date on this photograph. Uh, if you look carefully, I think you'd see the shepherd has his gun with him for whatever you know, thieves or animals might come along. But it's, it's his job to walk us through and lead the way. You always see in the Middle Eastern sheep, the shepherds out front, and they follow him. Of course, usually they, they, they might, some of them will have a sheep dog. Do you see this one? Does he have a sheep dog? Yeah. 
We got one pair of very alert eyes back there and helping the others. You see him? Yeah? Got him? Got her? Well, I keep calling him. Okay, let's see if I can help you. Can't, kind of camouflaged. I made, I made her black and white like the picture. You see her? I think she, she's there for the shade. It's hot out there. And she's got a thick fur. There she is, right there. So, um, what does that suggest to you? The valley of the shadow of death. What, do you, what is that? What is, what is that supposed to? What is that communicating to us? Pardon me. It certainly would be true in the time of death, wouldn't it? That's the valley of that's on the way to death. And it seems to me it, those who, who are walking with those who are dying are also in the valley with them. Um, and the nice thing is. We're not alone at that time. And the Lord, you know, that's another place for his name's sake where he can guide us. But, it's, but, but often the valley of the shadow of death also has the idea of a, a place that's scary, a place that's dangerous. Like that, you know, this little kitten is <laughs> taking her chances. <laughs> now, not all of them are ferocious looking. Do you see her? Okay. But when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, he is still leading us. It's Good more point. than him just watching. He's there with us. He's leading us through there. Yes, and so, so the idea then is he leads us, can we say, and even when it's the, shadow of the, the valley of the shadow of death. Good point. A couple of a Spurgeon quote. Observe, and it's not walking in the valley, but through the valley. We go through the dark tunnel of death and emerge into the light of immortality. We do not die. We do but sleep to wake in glory. Death is not the house, but the porch. Not the goal, but the passage to it. And so I, that, he takes this and kind of develops that theme of, as a picture of the believer dying. Here's another one. To walk... For Mr. Spurgeon, to walk indicates the steady advance of a soul which knows its road, knows its end, resolves to follow the path, feels quite safe, and is therefore perfectly calm and composed. You know, that's the benefit of the shepherd. When my eyes are on him, and he, well, he's not afraid, so I'm not afraid. The dying saint is not in a flurry. He does not run as though he were alarmed or stand still as though he would go no further. He's not confounded nor ashamed and therefore keeps to his old pace. You know, so the more we're walking with our eyes on the shepherd in front of us, uh, the more we will know his grace and comfort and strength. So a uh, good reminder. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What's a rod and staff? Nancy. Well, one is for discipline and one is for correction. Discipline and correction, okay. So hands back here. And it says shepherd, shepherd's tools. Shepherd's tools, good. 
Okay, so one, one the crook you, is, uh, the, I was looking, you can actually still buy crooks today. So when I was looking around, I found a shepherd's supply online kind of thing. Probably Amazon has them, but anyway, there's you know there's different. There's the crook that's better for grabbing the leg, and the crook that's better for grabbing the neck, and probably depends on the kind of sheep you're dealing with. But yeah, um, this kind of helps show him. the The rod you can see is more of a, a weapon. You know, it, it's you bang somebody with that thing. Where you see here, the staff hooks them, and and you know brings them out of difficult circumstances. Um, and it seems like whenever you see a shepherd, they've got some kind of a cane, stick, something. It seems like that's pretty standard because it, it's a tool that helps in all kinds of situations. Here's a kind of a biblical recreation, life recreation place. But here's a shepherd with the shepherd's crook. So you can see where, again, you could grab um, and, and pull them and, you know, maybe get them out of the trees or whatever it might be. Of course, no shepherd is any good without a sheepdog, Right. Do, we, do, we, do they have a sheepdog? Does he have a sheepdog? Okay. See her? Seems like she's always in the shade there, you know? Still has her T-shirt on there. I wonder if, I can get, if that has a better picture of the show of the hat. I don't know. Can you see the hat if you look real closely? It's on sideways. She's, she's kind of cool. <laughs> Where she thinks she is. So that was the um, shepherd's crook. Yes? Very good points there. One, if now these shepherds, they know when to use the rod, when to use the crook. They know their tools. They know when and how to use them. If that's true on a human level, how much more does the Lord know what we need? Uh, when we need the firm hand, when we need the gentle hand. Isn't that tough like parenting? Sometimes it's a challenge. Which one do I use here? Kind of reminds me one time when I was working for a veterinarian. Um, I, went, I had to go in at night and take care of things. and So I went in and I went into this dark hallway. The light wasn't on. I hadn't got to the switch yet. But I got in there, and I sensed there was a dog in there, loose. A big dog. And then you've got a choice. If a dog is afraid, it's dangerous um, and can attack you. And so, so you have to make the decision. Some dogs, you have to come on firm. I'm stronger than you. You better get out of here. And some dogs, you got to come in gentle. Don't be afraid. And that was kind of like a judgment call that if I made the wrong decision, I could have gotten myself hurt. And so um, I thought, well, I think I'm going to go. Maybe it's afraid. And so I said, here, puppy. You do All of a sudden I heard the thump, 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 thump of the tail. I thought, okay, good call. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he needed. But, but in other words, that's the, you know, you've got to know the right way to handle the, each situation Sometimes we get it wrong. The Lord never does. The Lord never does. He knows exactly uh, what, what we need and when we need it. And so we can trust him for that. We can trust him for that. I've been thinking about where we are going as a nation. And, you know, you can't get away from the idea that the Lord is sovereign. 
You know, the hand of the, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He, he leads it wherever he will, like, a, like rivers of water. And that rivers of water is literally um, um, irrigation ditches. You know, you, you direct an ir- irrigation ditch where you want it to go. Um, so when we see what's going on in our nation, just remembering God is in control. And he has good purposes. So, so there's the crook. Um, here's, the, here's a... I'm just going to get out of that. There's a shepherd with the rod. See, see, see his helper. I'd like to give you a hand here. You ready? There she is. Looks like she's stuck in a fence, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know how we got all these pictures with her in them. It's just straight from Israel. Now, to Dr. Kramer's point, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Up to now, it's been in the third person. The Lord, like, he is my shepherd. He guides. He directs. But here it's now, all of a sudden, the, the psalmist has turned and is talking directly to the Lord. You, or King James, thou, thou art with me. So, so again, what does that tell us when we think about the Lord being with us? Um, how does that, what is that, what is, why is that significant and why here? It's personal care. Of course, he was personally caring for those sheep all along. And now that we're facing death, and that's a very, could be a very fearful thing. And here he is comforting his presence is comforting. Yeah. So now that we're in the, the valley, now, uh, now that we're facing death, um, his presence is all the more comforting. And I, if I may say, at times like that, when we know the Lord, that's when we often, people I've seen again and again, um, draw near, draw closer, more experience his grace. And so when that time is coming into your life, Again, if you're walking along that valley with someone, um, make sure you seize the opportunity to draw near to the Lord and really seek his face. And again and again, I've seen that where something about um, the reality of death alters our perception of what's important and where our focus needs to be. And, And so people often use that as a time to draw near to the Lord. You are with me. Your rod, your staff. So it's you who are protecting me. You are the one who is delivering me. You, but that's the key, you are with me. And so I do, so I think that's a very, the, the idea here again is very personal. The next, uh, what's next? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. There's two different approaches to how we understand this verse. Some take it as um, going on and describing the sheep. 
uh, like here. Okay, so the Lord um, uh, prepares a banquet for them in the midst of the, the, the wolves and the lions and the coyotes that are out there. Um, the Lord uh, prepares a place of, of nurture for them. And, he's, of course, he's got his watchdog ready. You, you see her? Okay, she's kind of... Do you notice she's always catching the shade? What is it with this creature? She... And again, if, if, you're, if you're missing her, there she is, right? But you see this, by the way, in the Middle East all the time. Caves, caves everywhere. And, uh, for example, if you go to the shepherd's field in, near Bethlehem, you'll um, there are about three different places that's the place where the angel appeared to the shepherds. And, but you go in and there's a, the, the, one place in particular in my mind, there's, a, there's like a cave you go into. You can see, like here maybe, um, they've had fires in there. To, so in the cold, it's raining outside. You and the sheep get in there. You light a fire and it's kind of warm. Um, so you see these kinds of uh, situations across the area. So some take this as a a meal and the anointing of the head is what the shepherd does for the sheep. I take it as a a change in metaphor. Metaphor is a a, a, a figurative way of describing. I think we're now moving from the shepherd to the host. So instead of the shepherd that uh, guides and protects, now we're talking about the host. Maybe that has something to do with you, you, you guide me in the paths and in the pastures. You guide me through the valley of death. And now you're my host. But I do think there's a transition here. And shepherd is a, an honored term in the, in the ancient uh, Middle East. Uh, kings were often called shepherds of the people. Um, but the host is also something of great. Hospitality is a sacred thing in the Middle East. And, um, you know, if someone comes into your home, it's your job to protect them. You know, if someone comes to your table, uh, they are welcome and cared for. Um, hospitality is a central thing in the Middle East. And so I think... I think what's going on here is now looking at God, you're not just my shepherd, you're my host. You've invited me into your home. And again, that is a sacred honor. And so here's a uh, a typical feast situation. Uh, Beersheba feast, group of Bedouins eating together from a tray. Just by way of curiosity, uh, this uh, picture, by the way, 1930 is when this was taken. Um, what do you notice when you see the, see the meal, see the blank banquet? Ribs. Pardon me? Ribs. All right. <laughs> Clean hands. Pardon me? Clean hands? Okay, I, this is a little more than I can handle, so I thought I had to add something there. See there, okay. So uh, that's my own contribution. I felt like, but do you see any forks, knives, napkins? It's all hands. It's all hands. Uh, I was in one place one time in Asia, eating, and um, 
we all had a, a bowl of soup, just one bowl for all of us, and you know, just everybody dig in. And this is where my had been not that long since I'd finished my study in microbiology, bacteria, and parasitology, and and so um, I got in there first and quick as I could, to, so, so I wouldn't have to dig through all the film that started developing on top of the soup. But um, but you see there. Everybody's on the same level. You see, there's, a, there's just, just the sense of uh, common ground. You know, everybody is there eating from the same thing. And so it's an honor to be at the table in that way. So you uh, prepare a table before me in, in, in the presence of mine enemies. And so here God protects us. So, so though the enemies may be uh, hounding at the door... When I'm in God's home, I'm a welcome guest at the banquet. Here's a, a supper in a, in a banquet chamber as well. Once again, I made sure that they had way to clean their hands. Can you see it? Where is it? Can you see it? All right. This is a good test of observation skills. I'll help you see it there. I chose not to invite Macy to this table. So, uh, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What's next? You anoint my head with oil. Uh, again, when the, if, you're, if it's talking about sheep, some people think, well, shepherds will put oil on their heads to keep away the bugs. And that may be true. I mean, that may be what's in mind here. But also, remember, um, anointing was a way of honoring a guest. By the way, this isn't really honoring a guest. Who, what do you think is going on here? Samuel and David. Oh, yeah, Samuel and David. Um, and so that's, he's anointing him as king. You anointed kings and priests and sometimes prophets. But remember when Jesus uh, came into a table and, and he talked about a person, the the, the Immoral woman was anointing his feet, and the, the, they, they were like, "How can you let him touch you?" And, and Jesus said to the host, "I came in. You didn't give me water to wash my feet. You didn't anoint my head. So that was something you would do. You, and and I think it has something to do. How would you respond if you came to my house for dinner and I poured oil on your head? Yeah, <laughs> um, but if it's hot." Let me put it this way. If you, especially if you've been around kids, it's August. They've been playing outside and they come in. Do you notice anything? Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's, a, there's an aroma that has followed them in. Well, I wonder if there were maybe a spiced oil, a little dab on there might kind of feel good, but also might be a, like almost a perfuming that made everybody feel more comfortable. But it was, a way of, it was kind of a way of honoring the person, and it was a way of, of making them feel comfortable. And so when we come into God's presence, notice, he treats us as an honored guest. He doesn't, like Jesus, okay, you're here, but that's it. No, we, we're welcome at the table with him. He, our enemies are out there, but they, they can't get to us. And he anoints our head with oil. So we see just the Lord's loving and personal care. Now, again, if that speaks of death, if we're, if, if we're talking here about you know, going 
you know, through the valley. Does that drive thinking to mind? Or maybe I'm just trying to, I'm thinking of something. Pardon me? Yeah, and they were going to do what? Anoint his body, right? The women that went to the tomb were going to anoint his body. Um, I'm making a leap here, as it just occurred to me. Is, but it's always struck me that um, in Revelation, it talks about the fact that the Lord will, will wipe the tears from their eyes. It doesn't say the angels will, but the Lord himself, that, that personal care. The, the the heart you know the the pains so you know as we as we you know have left this world of grief it's the Lord that's going to personally bring us comfort and, and Revelation says He's going to shepherd His people in heaven so uh, but but I think I think this is the 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 metaphor is here the host welcome to the banquet your honored guest and treated with great honor yes could this be an indication of the the high value or high position we have with God, you know, going on animals. Yeah. Uh, and anointing seems to be a special thing for kings. So, so this is a, yeah, a shows of our high honor, our high position in the Lord. Is that what you're saying there? Yeah. I think so. It's just, just, you know, we're, in other words, we're not sneaking in the back door of heaven. The shepherd has brought us in and we're, and, and we're honored guests. God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cashew. Now, so in that Psalm 44, that he's anointed with, with the oil of gladness, and there's the fragrant of the, of the garments. Um, so maybe there's an application here when those kids are coming in in August, you, you, you sprinkle them with some kind of scented water or something <laughs> hold on right there Psh, okay next <laughs> but but anyway but you, but again just the lord's personal care for us welcome I, okay. more personal but it even been through the the, the valley of the shadow of death i i do see it as the literal death that you're slowly going through but i also see it as just difficult times where and maybe not even you but somebody you know when you're walking this side of and it's that that it's a walk. It's not a go through the valley or run through the valley. It is a walk. It is paced. And when God says, you know, He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies, or you know, I think there it comes to my mind a spiritual battle too. And God is saying that we are His anointed. You know, His favor is on us. And He's and even though we may not see like with Joe. He didn't know what was going on with them. But God let the Angelicos know, my favor is on this man. And I think when the Lord anoints us with oil and you know he prepares a table, we may not see those enemies that were in in you know that are around us, but he's showing them I'm taking care of this child. So Nancy's bringing up, you know, again, the valley of the shadow of death doesn't have to mean you're, you're on the way to death. It can be you're with someone through that or just, a, just a, the shadows are, scare you to death. It's a hard place. God walks you through. And again, speaking of the God's honored, caring care for his children is, 
you know, you know, if I can clothe the flowers, if I can provide for, for the sparrow, won't, can't I care for you? And so in abundance. And so I, I think, but it's, it's almost overwhelming why, that God is so good to me. David was, I think, constantly amazed with that. Who am I? <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm from Bethlehem. It's a small, nothing town. I'm a son of Jesse, not one of the great noble fa- families. Um, but God puts his favor on his people. And, and, and I think we marvel at that. Good. Um, let's see. Thou preparest a table before me. Thou anointest my head with oil. Yep. And what comes next? My cup runneth over. That usually happens if you got the wrong cup and the wrong setting in the Keurig. You know, you got to be careful with that. Um, I thought I saw this when I was looking for that, and some of you are, are like um, illustrating in your Bible. And so here, this is from Psalm 23. Um, overflows with blessing. So here's a picture of these cups just overflowing with blessing. In other words, the idea is sometimes uh, if things are kind of hard, you know, I've got a little bit, I've got a little bit. Here is, oh, we have plenty. So what if we spill some? You know, there's the sense of God's grace, his mercy is overflowing. And, and that's God's care for his people. That's, that's the point. That's God's care for his people. And so the psalmist is reminding us of our, our Savior's love for us. What comes next? Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so, so here's the picture of, you know, um, back, you know, just the day, all the days of my life, I'll be followed by goodness and mercy. You see her? She kind of blends in. And so that's what the Bible says. Surely goodness and Macy will follow. You see her? There's Macy. Following along. Um, here's, a, here's a picture that struck me as reflecting that. You know, doesn't, doesn't that just say, don't worry, you're safe. <laughs> but just here's the end. And just following along, watching, making sure you're Okay. And so what he's saying is goodness and mercy. That word mercy is the word chesed. We sometimes hear it's God's has the idea of mercy, of pity, of, of steadfast, faithful love. God's grace toward us um, will be abounding. He, 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 you know, again, sometimes we get this picture that God um, uh, doesn't want us to know his blessing. Uh, now, sometimes our sense of what is blessing and his are two different things. But God pours out abundance. He delights to pour goodness and mercy into the lives of his people. And, of course, what's the greatest of that? You are with me. I'm walking paths of righteousness for your glory. But, but again, here's just that picture to me. It's a, that, that little cub is the safest creature around <laughs> and cared for. And watched. And then, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
partly, again, there's that, that hospitality. He cares for us. He abounding. And, and I've always got a place in his home. I mean, you know, I don't just visit and go, but I'm there. And again, I think that ultimately can speak of the forever is with him in his glory. Um, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This picture is between 1925 and 46. What do you see? Is she there? I've got a a gal back there with really good eyes. She's she's spotting it every time. See her? You ready? So, by the way, this is the the Dome of the Rock down there. It's Temple Mount. And there's Macy. So, um, what this is saying to us, I think, is just David reflected when he thinks of God's goodness to him. Now, did da- did did David ever have any challenges in his life? Oh man. Uh, the, the king trying to spear him to the wall. Uh, the Philistines and everyone else wanting him dead. His own son hunting him down. Just terrible, terrible things. And yet, his view of who God is. Is the goodness of God. The, the, the grace of God. The care of God. The provision of God. And the ultimate satisfaction in the presence of God. And so I think there's so much in here that just uh, is, a, is a very lovely a warm picture of God's goodness. That this is that's why the psalm is is so well known. Um, that it's it's really remarkable how you know because it speaks so well to our heart. But a good reminder to us: it's so familiar um, that sometimes we don't think about it enough. Uh, see how our God is is like a shepherd that cares for us. He's like the the lioness that watches her cub. A little from a distance, but she's there. You know, he's like the host that enjoys putting too much food on your plate, that enjoys keeping your cup filled every time you thought you were done, who honors you as an honored guest at his table. That's our father, and that's our shepherd. Any other thoughts on that? Yes, sir. Yeah, you hear this read at just about everybody's funeral. Yeah. But it only applies if you're God's sheep. So There's the, the so, so George, George is saying here, everybody, you hear it at every funeral, but really he's talking about the sheep who are, of whom he is the shepherd. And, you know, um, uh, Jesus will say in John chapter 10, my sheep hear not know my voice. And, he, and he's talking to some of the people there. You don't believe me because you're not of my flock. Yeah, so not everybody, and that's, the, that's the other side of it. It's not everyone. And that's a good point to remember. This isn't true of everybody. Um, not everybody is in his sheepfold. Though he, he, he calls to all in one sense. But, but that's a reminder. Don't. Don't you want God to be your shepherd, your host? Flee to him. Flee to him.
Any other thoughts? Yes. So, yeah, how do we understand that? And that's an, that is an active term. He makes me to lie down. But I think it's more, um, I, I, he brings me up to a place where I will want to lie down. I don't know. He's not walking around pushing them down. Now, if they wander off, he may have to bring them down. But, but he brings them to a place where they will want to, you know, lie down. And, and so he, yeah. Yeah, and so, so some wander off, and he's got to go tra- track them down. Or, or they rolled over, uh, whether, whether they wandered or they just rolled over. And, and so that's, he's always, the shepherd is always looking for threats, predators and, and poison, uh, you know, what plants they should not be eating. Um, he's bringing them in when they've gotten into trouble in one way or another. Um, but the key is he brings them there to a place where he can say, okay, now, and he, he makes it so that they're going to want to settle down there. And it's, again, that's not a place where it's noisy. That's not a place where there's things that scare them. That's not a place where there's rushing water. All those things make them uh, unsettled. And so, um, so he knows how to make them lie down uh, and rest. Which they'll want to do once they've eaten, especially. Yes. That's the other side of it, isn't it? We're prone to wander. Yeah. It's in the nature of sheep to wander off. And that's why he's constantly watching. And it's helpful. He gets those dogs go, you know, track, track them in and bring them in. because they're. And it's not a rebellious, really. Sometimes, sometimes you will see it. But it's more, the way I, I like to describe it is they're, they're eating, you know, they, they're just, their head's down, they're eating some grass. And then they see some grass over there and some grass over there. And, and finally they have enough and they kind of lift their head up and they're all alone and and so that's you know all we like sheep have gone astray we, you know as we're so focused on ourselves, where the best thing, thing you could do is where's the shepherd okay okay where's the shepherd okay let's stick with the shepherd but sheep aren't as inclined to do that they're, they just kind of wander i think sandy's um point in what she just said was his greatest um his, his greatest way of being a shepherd was to draw him to our to himself yeah. in salvation. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that, and that's the restoring. Um, one part of that is comfort, and the other that word for restore is also used 
it's related to the word for repentance. So he converts, and some translations may have that there. And he converts our soul. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, his mer- that, that's this shepherd who turns us to himself. Because if he didn't turn us, we wouldn't, and again, John, 10, uh, John 6, you know, if God doesn't draw us, we're not going to come. But he, in his grace, he draws us, turns our heart to him. We're not like that uh, shepherd, on the, she, shepherd and the sheep on the road we saw for, to start early on. <laughs> I don't know, when I saw that video, I thought, someone's going to have lamb chops next to tomorrow. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that? Good. Well, we'll come back to this on Sunday night and, and uh, kind of more develop the text for you, but maybe I've given you some pictures to think about uh, what's behind uh, David's mind. Because he talks about that. We have a little advantage. We see some herds and flocks around here. Um, but David, this was his life. And so how amazing he says, and God is like that for me. So, good. Well, let's pray, and then we'll go to our time of prayer. Father, we thank you for your, your word. Thank you for your servant David, whom your Holy Spirit could guide to write these words uh, that so express a wonder, your heart for us and call us to a heart for you. Father, help us to trust you, to lead us, to guide us, to provide for us. Help us, Father, to long to be in your paths for your glory. And Father, I do pray when we go through those difficult valleys that we might draw near to you and know your, your strength, your protection, your presence, that we might know you. Father, I pray for any here tonight or any in our church family that is in that time right now, that they might know your, your abounding presence and grace, for I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.